Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal, your host. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. I'm Paul Cronforst, and we've got a guest in studio. Well, not a guest. She's a colleague. Yeah, actually, not a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Christine Hayward's here. She runs our Madison office and uh, a great professional. We're glad to have her with us. And I should say welcome back, Christine, as well. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, you've been on the show before, so we've got a lot to co- I mean, we'll be here to answer questions. We're live in studio for the Retirement Clinic. Uh, we should mention Middleton and the Madison area because we are in WIBA radio and WISN radio. Yeah. Christine, why don't you talk about Middleton and your office there? So we're we're located in Middleton off of um Century Avenue on Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, pretty small office. It's it's me and my assistant, and we focus on tax planning and projections, estate planning, insurance planning. We do full financial plans. Um, it's a wonderful area. Well, it's also nice just that you've got four locations, Jeff. Actually, yeah, four locations scattered: right. Port Washington, Waukesha, Middleton, which is Madison, Phoenix, Arizona. Right. That's right. World headquarters in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Both great. She says she's modest little office. She has great business out of that little office in in Middleton. But yeah, the Port Washington for everybody on the North Shore. We're for Mequon, Thiesville, Grafton, North Shore, Milwaukee. It's an easy location to get to. Same thing with Waukesha for anywhere in the Milwaukee area. It's a great area, uh, great office to get to. Very easy access off of ninety four and one sixty four in Middleton and in Phoenix. And of course, the, your website is a good start, Jeff, to find out more. If, or if you forget, you know, phone numbers, thecowalway.com. Thecowalway.com. That's right. K O W A L. You can get a background on all the people in the office. You can read up on Christine and everybody else in our office. Uh, but Monday through Friday, we do the business reports as well, Paul. And yeah, I know you're going to be on both stations. You now. always bring it up, so I thought I'd. To get the jump on you. Uh, yeah, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks in Milwaukee on WISN. Uh, and then at the 5 o'clock, just before the 5 o'clock news block in Vicki McKenna's show on WIBA in Mass. And we can try to give you one minute on what's going on at the market that particular day. Yeah, Vicki's show is, uh, you know, a lot of people confused because Vicki's on WISN at 2 p.m. Yeah. And then she's at Madison on WIBA at 3 p.m. Yep. So I get calls sometimes <laughs> during the show. Yeah. Can I talk to Vicky? Uh, that's the wrong station. Yeah. Well, what station is that? I don't know. You can figure it out. <laughs> I, I got another job to do here. That's right. You do, you do Belling Show. <laughs> right. So we do, we've been doing Mark, Mark Reports on Mark Belling Show. On, on oh, for a long said, time. Since 97. So 21 years we've been doing the Mark Reports wow. in there. That's hard to believe. We've been doing this show um, and the last several years in uh, in Madison, but in, in uh, Milwaukee since uh, 2000 and. One. Yeah. So 17 years doing that, too. This so. radio show since 2001, yes. right? Yes. Starting right around. Yep. It was a week before September yep. 11th? Yep. Uh, Tuesday, it, was, uh, it happened, and we were yeah. uh, off for that following week. They had the prayer service on Saturday. And That's right. So, yeah, it was a pretty traumatic time, but, you know, the markets and uh, well, the life, were the markets, has, life I, has I changed forget, dramatically since then. I forget happened after, after 9-11. Were the markets closed for how many days, Jeff? Four or five days. Was it four or five? Okay. Time, yeah. And um, unprecedented, obviously. So, 
um, yeah, recovered pretty hard, well. Yes, has re- recovered very well. Uh, we've been around for all that time. We've seen a lot of stuff happen during our career. We've been with Coal Investment Group. We've been around since 1987. Uh, so 31 years doing that. We've always put our clients' interests first. I think that's a key. Bringing Christine in here to do the show with me is another example of how we work as a team. And everybody in our team from top to bottom, we all talk retirement planning. That's our specialty. Um, so, we, you know, if you're close to already in retirement, $750,000 or more in retirement assets, you know that if you see somebody at our office, it's not somebody that does it once in a while that, or they bring in the retirement guy. It's not, it's somebody that does it all the time. The, the uh, whole team. I mean, that's whole your team, thing. Yep, your all niche. aspects of retirement and investment planning. Well, and then we get to this show. And this show is all about retirement. So let's open up these phone lines. If you want to call in with any question, Christine Hayward and Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group. We're at 799-1130. 799-1130. The Abbey Windows and Exteriors toll-free number. You can call 800-838-9476. Producer Spencer on the phones, as always, will pick up your call and get you on board any question. Sometimes it's a 401k question. Taxes, Social Security, estate planning you mentioned uh, before. Any question about your retirement? How much money do you need? Social Security plays into that. Is that alone enough to live on? Mm, Probably not, Jeff. For most people, probably not. I don't think so. Not enough to get by. So you need to to have a plan. That's what we do in the show. We answer those questions, and the lines are open, and they will be open for the next 47 minutes approximately here on WIBA and WISN. You also have a lot of features. We'll be hearing from... Aaron Kowal later yep. in the show. That's the boss minute for business owners. We have the sexy segment today. Where you, Another good one. Where you dive into different uh, different territory every week, but it's about wealth management and preservation. Uh, that's all coming up. And of course, your questions are welcome here on WISN. Um, I mentioned the market, you know, and going back to 9-11. Do either of you, Christine, included in your time, recall a bull market like we're in? Such a long run for an extended period of time. A good run. Yes, there's volatility, but these are good times, right? Sure. I remember 87 being a low point in the market, too, when the market was hit. And there was a nice extended run from from then until 2000 uh, when we had the tech bubble. That was a nice run. This is a nice run, too, uh, since at least 2008, uh, perhaps as far back as uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christine's been around long enough and working with her dad, too, that, that you've seen a couple of volatile markets and good markets like this. Not since 87, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the good observation, Christine. Thank you for... Definitely these last, well, you said since 2008. It's mm-hmm. quite a run, right? Yep. Now, where do we go from here? Nobody knows, Jeff. Nobody's got that crystal ball, so you've got to come up with a plan. Right. See, we have a pretty good idea. Uh, we like the tax cuts. We think the markets are going to be pretty good for a while. But it's also about the planning. And this is, I, I pulled up this article, Paul, that I thought was pretty interesting. It's actually from a Coal Investment Group website. <laughs> we tweeted this out. An empty nest could mean, a, could mean a fuller wallet. We experience it. You are going to experience it. And it's dramatic. Uh, when children leave home, you may have extra resources to invest in yourself. Pomp and circumstance. You beam with pride as a dean confers a degree upon your child and you watch her move the tassel from one side of the mortarboard to the other. Congratulations. Your baby just graduated from college. With any luck, she's already got a job in a promised field. Your financial obligations have suddenly diminished. Now what? Well, you just got a raise, so to speak. But this, it starts out in this, uh, we were so right with this. It says, be realistic. 
You never stop caring for your kids, both emotionally and financially. You think that your financial obligations, I'm telling you, Paul. Even after they move out. Even after they move out. Yeah. And, you know, and you want to help them. And, and, you know, you'll see your kids and your grandkids. And, you know, uh, it, there is a big raise. No doubt about it. If you were spending $25,000 a year or $40,000 a year or more on tuition and you had some of it set aside and you were paying for a lot of it out of pocket, you will definitely see. And we experienced that when Aaron and Adam graduated from college. Well, and it's not just college, Jeff. It's just everything, day-to-day living, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Some kids have jobs and they... They're fine. They put gas in their own car. Had college, they had jobs during but, college. But kids are kids. They always come to mom and dad for money. Yeah, and even in their food, even in their thirties, <laughs> they come back to dad, and mom, or forties or fifties. Right, they come back for, to dad, and mom for for money. But your point overall is, when they move out, chef, you will see a difference. Yeah, your wallet will be a Financial. little thicker. But there are other things that you need to pay attention to, and a couple of these items in here I think were pretty important. One is um, to protect your legacy. Uh, Good time to update your will. Chances are your previous iteration named guardians for your minor kids. You don't have guardians. You don't have minor kids anymore. Right. So you should update that. And it's, you know now that they're young adults, uh, you you also want, may want to name one of your kids as the actual executor of your estate, where you probably had a brother or sister, uncle or aunt or somebody as the executor. You might say, well, my kids are capable of doing. It. May not. Um, you know, Eighteen or more. They need to be an adult, obviously. Right. Um, speaking of insurance, oh, let's see, whenever there's a, yeah, you take a look at your retirement savings as well as insurance policies. And it's, uh, says, take a look at that, review your life insurance policies. Uh, and what we see in that is that when people own life insurance policies, it's not that they don't have a need for life insurance. It's a lot of times their need has changed where in the early years it was to, um, you know, uh, pay a mortgage. You know, because you had a big right. mortgage. One of you had a tragic car accident. Yep. God forbid it happens, but yep. it, it happens all the time. People pass away. But there still is a need for it. A lot of times we use the life insurance uh, to pay last expenses because there are still expenses related to that. But now more and more we're seeing, and Christy, I'm sure you see it too, a need for long-term care. So a lot of times we'll do a hybrid where you have a, a combination of life insurance and long-term care, nursing home, mm. home health care, assisted living, things like well, that. Well, as long as you're on this topic... Can I just bring up some questions? Sure, Paul. <laughs> okay. I'm 52, Jeff. Uh, our tenure uh, term just came up, right? So the new premiums are much higher. And yeah. I, I questioned that. And they said, no, no. The, the older you get, even if you're in perfect health, yes. your rates are going to go up, right? You're, you're bigger risk at 52 than you were 42. Yes. I, I get that. Yeah. And then I asked the question. So I started asking around. My parents, who are old, you know, older, they're 80, 78 years old now. Do I need life insurance? Do you need life insurance? I start asking friends, our neighbors who are sort of in our in, in our age in a fifty year you know category. Do some people drop life insurance as they hit 60, 65, 70 years old? Is that wise? We, you, boy, you asked a bunch of questions. I know. There. First of all, do people drop it? Some do. A lot of them don't. Is that wise? Generally not. Okay. Because typically the policies that you have, uh, you bought at a uh, younger age, so they're generally cheaper. Uh, especially if you have some permanent life insurance, whole life or universal life that lasts forever. Yeah, I did, like that. We did term, which is, right. so term is different than a whole yep. life policy. But uh, a lot of people are buying life insurance in their 50s, 60s, and 70s for a variety of reasons. They may still have debt. 
Um, they may want to leave a legacy. They may uh, want to have maybe not have enough in their retirement plans, or they want to pay the taxes on their retirement plans to give the because there still are going to be taxes due, even though the estate tax is eleven million dollars. Double that's twenty two million dollars. There's still going to be some taxes, and maybe they want to pay the taxes on the IRAs. So there's still and and again the the hybrid combining combining the life insurance with long term care. It's an, that's a good option. It. I think it's a great option. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Christine? One of the big pieces, when we do financial plannings, we do a retirement cash flow projection. So let's say your goal is to retire at 65 and you don't have any term insurance, let's say at 50. You you let it lapse and you don't have anything. Well, that's still 15 years of income we were planning on investing. So yeah. now all of a sudden, if you pass and your wife doesn't receive anything, granted, the kids are older, so you probably don't need as much. It could vary. Yeah. But now that's 15 years of money that wasn't getting invested. We rerun it and now it's what is your wife going to do? Change her time frame? Maybe she retires 10 years later. Maybe she takes less income. So it's usually pretty important to have term insurance at least until you retire to protect that spouse. I like the way you phrase that, at least until retirement. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows when we're going to check out. Jeff, you don't know. Well, I'm going to live to be whatever. No, you don't. You don't know. Nobody knows. Right. 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 Step off a curb. Right. The old. Well, I hate to be morbid and have those thoughts, but that's what happens. And that's what life insurance is for. That's right. There's no joke about that, but I'll skip that. No, I kind of want to hear it now. The Sicilian actuary will know when you're going to die. <laughs> That's, that is pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's one guy that knows upstairs, and that's about sure, it. So that's the rest right. of us are just kind of going along. So you would recommend, obviously... For a guy like me, keeping it for I'm, 50, it, I'm yeah, 52. And, and maybe you're still young enough that I think you could do some permanent life insurance that last beyond retirement. And I think that you'd be happy to do it and maybe combine it with long-term care. That's, I think, a better strategy to go now. You may not need it to pay off a mortgage or do other things, or even if you have a little bit of a mortgage. We, we do have a mortgage, yeah. 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 So there's still a need to have that. And like Christine mentioned, yeah. but to protect your income as well. All right, you convinced me, both of you. That's good. <laughs> I mean, we're still covered. My question was, am I covered? Of course you are. The answer is yes, but... You know, your term came up as a 10-year term. Now, that's the difference. There's term and there's whole life, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. A term is not a bad way to go. It's a good way to have it, too. It still pays out at the time you need it uh, when you pass away. But a lot of times those costs, the term insurance costs get more expensive year by year because the chance of you dying are going up year by year. They are. And I kind of forgot about it. It's one of those things. You don't think about life insurance every day. You get something in the mail. Oh, my gosh. Time has come for us to make a decision here. Well, I know the time has come to take a break, too, but I want to finish this article after the break, too. Okay, we'll, we'll do that, Jeff. And then we're going to get to Aaron Kowal as well. That's yep. coming up, the boss segment. If you've got any questions at all, retire, how about the life insurance topic we just talked about? That's That hits home. I mean, every family has these discussions. Give us a call. Retirement questions on WISN, WIBA, the number 799-1130. And you'll get right through to talk to Jeff Kowal and Christine Hayward here on the retirement clink. We've got a toll-free number now, the Abbey Windows and Exteriors. That new line, that new sponsorship is 800-838-9476. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Defined benefit pension plans are a dinosaur of the retirement plan world. They were the go-to plan for employers for decades. That started changing in the 1980s when defined contribution plans like 401k plans started taking off. Defined benefit plans became far too complex and costly for employers to keep offering. 
Now an extremely low percentage of workers are covered by these plans that used to be the norm. Many think these plans are dead. However, they absolutely are not and could be a godsend in the right situation. There are similarities between the defined pension plan and the 401k plan. They can still be invested in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and other instruments. In a 401k plan, the employer and employee determine how much they would like to contribute to the plan. In a defined benefit plan, a detailed analysis is done by an actuary, and the contribution is based on your age, income, and other variables, and they are not limited to the same cap as 401k plans. They absolutely are not right in every situation. Big companies with lots of employees will struggle mightily with a defined benefit plan. A company that could benefit from a defined benefit plan could be a closely held small business owner with one or a small number of owners, owners that are typically at least 45 years old but can be great for younger ones as well, relatively fewer and younger employees, excess cash, and an owner who wants to make greater contributions. In an example of an employer who has a solo 401k, they can typically contribute about $50,000 to the 401k plan. However, someone who is nearly 45 may be able to contribute nearly $200,000, which could save about $100,000 in federal and state income tax. The contribution limits for these types of plans are huge. We have implemented these types of plans with clients and they absolutely work, and our clients have been thrilled to be able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year pre-tax. So the money will grow tax-deferred, and you'll get to save on taxes now and choose when and how much to draw from the account later on down the road in a potentially more tax-friendly environment. Give us a call now, and we will do a free review of your company's retirement plan to determine if a defined benefit pension plan is right in your situation. That's our Boss Minute with Aaron Kowal, Business Owners, Savings, and Security. Get it? Acronym BOSS. That's great, Paul. I like that. It took me a few we weeks to use that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to be honest, in all seriousness, Jeff, you work with people on the retirement plans, and they'll say, listen, I'm a business owner. That is my retirement plan. Yeah. And you got to step back and say, is that good enough? But just like Aaron was mentioning that talk, and you probably see it now, that a lot of things come back that were once in favor and not in favor, and then they come back in favor, styles and everything else. Um <laughs> And right now, pension plans, especially with you know three point nine percent unemployment rate, two point eight percent, I think, is in the state of Wisconsin. Companies are going to have to start doing something to uh, lure and keep. You know, everybody's got four hundred one k. Everybody is a company match. Yeah, but do you have a pension plan? And if you have a pension that guarantees an income in retirement, that's a way to to attract and train and, and retain. Uh, good employees that have that extra perk. Hey, we'd love to um, sneak some calls in here quickly, Jeff, but you do want to kind of go circle back to that yeah, topic that we were doing. After that, we're going to take uh, some phone calls, and the number is 799-1130 or toll-free 800-838-WISN on the Abbey Windows toll-free line. We were talking about life insurance policies. Well, we were talking about an empty nest could mean a fuller wallet. So we were talking about that when your kids graduate from college and um, you know you have some extra money in your pocket, it could be anywhere from twenty-five to $40,000 a year extra. Now, it doesn't mean that all your expenses stop once your kids graduate from college, but it does mean that, that there may be a little extra money. And it's, you know, it's, tempted, it's tempting to want to splurge. You know, now that you're done with paying for dance classes, uh, soccer dues, travel, things like that. But now you might want to travel for yourself. Also may want to consider where you live. But there are a couple of things with regard to planning that I think are, are really the most important. And one is consider making catch-up contributions to your retirement savings. If you're over 50, you can make a $5,500 into, into your IRA with an extra $1,000 catch-up contribution. And then if you... Uh, uh, 
you can put $18,500 into a 401k with an extra $6,000 contribution, catch-up contribution. So you can put up to $24,000 into your 401k, $6,500 into your IRA, double that for husband and wife. That's a, you know, if you're looking for to aggressively, if you have been paying for, for high school, college, and all that stuff for all these years, and now you got a little bit of extra money, that may be a place to bury it and aggressively save for your retirement. And that aggressive, some people might say, I can't afford that. Uh, th- that would be pretty aggressive, Jeff, but that's catching up. That's if you've put that's things right. off. And-, and if you put everybody else first, now may be time to pay attention to you and your retirement. Because yeah. if you're good in your retirement, you can help a lot of other people. But if you're, you, know, you don't want to be reliant on others just because you didn't pay attention to that and maybe use that as an excuse. And yeah, I put my kids through college so I couldn't save for, for retirement myself. Well, now is your opportunity. You know, every parent out there listening can relate to what you're talking oh, about, absolutely, Jeff. Yeah. Every parent knows the cost of raising you might have one child you might have three you might have five whatever it is boy those costs i mean just everything yeah you mentioned and soccer like, like, like I said, everything it's, you it's, do it's not that it's going to stop it's just that it's going to be uh, less and you and it could be significant amount of money on an annual basis that you have available so half of my nest is gone i've got two daughters <laughs> one has moved out one is in college now you would you consider college kids that go to, she's still in home she's you know she's oh, yeah. a child that lives mm-hmm. with us in summer uh just had her wisdom teeth Taken out Thursday, Jeff. Okay. Talk about costs. There's money right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kids cost money. Yeah. They just do. And I forget there's studies how much you spend in the 18 years of raising a, a child. It's amazing. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Of it's dollars. hundreds of thousands. But guess what? If she had her wisdom teeth pulled and she was you know, out of college, she's still going to come to you and say, Dad, <laughs> you know, I need some help with this. Well, and my, both my daughters are under 26, so they remain on the, the yeah, health plan. On, the health insurance. on my health insurance, yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of it. That's good stuff, though. I mean, it kind of, again, if you're a parent, this hits home. You know what Jeff yeah. is talking about. Yep. <laughs> All right. There are a couple of things. Well, encourage your phone calls. You yes. Know, you don't like to get s- shut out. No, we had some We had some good callers on hold before our commercial break. Unfortunately, they dropped off. It's a Saturday. People don't have time, whatever. Call back. We want you. We had an annuity question that was really good. So call yeah. back if that was you. 799-1130. We've got open phone lines, and we're on for a long time yet. We've got a half hour left. Sure. Christina, this is, this is going to be a, a, a good test. She brought an article along. Oh, I did. <laughs> And and I thought, she said, oh boy, I just thought this was fascinating. I want to see if you find it Wait a minute, a good test? You got to test me? This is a test for you, just to see if it's right. how, your level of interest in this. Okay. And you'd probably be a pretty good judge. I don't know that many people will find this interesting, but I, I really liked it. Um, so Jet Airways, it's one of um, India's biggest airlines. It plunged 7% in Mumbai on Friday, and year to date, it's lost about um, 60%. And the airline, the airline, the Indian has. airline. Yep, and they they just bought um, 225 Boeing 737 Max jets and planning to keep purchasing over the decade, which will be worth about nine billion dollars at list price. And they're blaming a lot of this drop on oil prices and the currency plunging, but they're not raising the price of a ticket. So even though that. Um, their domestic travel grew by 17% in May. They're not increasing the, the price of their tickets, so they just keep losing money left and right. And there was a rumor that... But they're they, making it up on volume. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they recently said there might not be enough money left in about two months. Well, first off, they bought how many new planes, did you say? Um, so so their planes? 225 is That's what they lot. plan on doing over the next decade. And um, total, it'll be worth about $9 billion. Are they, is, is Jet considered like Spirit, kind of that low-end discount? 
kind of airline? It, it well, it's one of the biggest carriers. It's okay. it would be I think comparable to our United or American. Oh, it's okay. pretty big out there. And okay. and it's not that the entire industry is suffering. There are lots of other carriers that are under pressure but are not dropping 60%. So the point being, why aren't they raising their rates? Exactly. And they have so many more travelers. 17% increase right. in May. That You compare that to China, they grew about 12% in that month and the United States grew about 55 Wow. So they really so have a lot more domestic travel. Like exactly. said, a lot of companies struggle with that. You know, do I raise prices and then do I lose customers or clients if, if we do raise prices? But they're I mean, they can't keep up, and they're losing money. So it's like, yeah, but but I'll make up for it on volume. Yeah, but something's got to right. give, yeah, right? right? For That's them right. to survive, well, they're obviously, gonna have to. Right. Or, yeah. or the rumor is that they'll be out of money in about two months. Yeah. Wow, that, that fast. So I found that interesting. I don't know that anyone I else that does, but I just thought that. You know was... what I compare that to? Our economy right now with there's help wanted signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. I was getting my oil changed. I had the day off yesterday, and it's a small mom and pop guy, and he's I can't find mechanics, Paul. So I. I I questioned him about his help wanted sign. He's looking for two mechanics. Mm-hmm. They make between seventy-five to hundred grand a year. You can't, can't find, find a couple them. guys to change oil. Huh? Nope. Wow. Nope. And it's like, and you said it, Jeff. It's it's changing. It's basic skills, and they can even teach more. Mm-hmm. So much of it is computer reading right now with cars, and then the work. And we'll teach on the job. You got to have some experience. I was shocked at that. Mm-hmm. That they can't find help because unemployment's at the lowest we've seen in years. Right. That's a good thing. Yep. It's not a good thing that he can't find a mechanic, but it's a good thing that the economy yeah, somebody coming in an entry level job like that can make decent money. They probably won't be making seventy thousand know, dollars. They have to have some skills to be able to do that. That's right. But uh, you know they're willing to train, and they just need a warm body that's willing and shows up to work. And it's but it's capable. it's also kind of a sign of a larger problem, Jeff. In that eighteen year olds coming out of high school don't want to work with their hands anymore. These skilled trades jobs are are hard to find the skills. Yeah. The people that can work on your car, people that can build a house. In fact, the home industry, that's a whole other topic, Jeff, but they can't find people to build homes anymore. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's a case. So they're going to raise the prices? <clears throat> you know, it's going to cost more to build a house right now. Yes. It's just the yeah, way the it is. skilled workers to get on those jobs, yeah, especially with the, well, it's slowing down a little bit. And that's, we see the real estate slowing down a little bit just because of yeah. higher interest rates. So that's. Just a tad, right? Just a tad. But that's all it takes. The rate's going up just a little bit here and there. I know, just a tad. A guy used to say that all the time. John Milan. Yeah. John Milan always <laughs> said that. That was a staple. <laughs> All right, Paul, let me, do, let me address this yeah, one more thing. Yeah, story number two. Yeah, this is, uh, we talk about the graduates and how the parents uh, will have more money. Uh, this is uh, the flip side of that. This was a uh, Market Watch article. And it talks about uh, the first-timer saving for 401k. As the class of 2018 trades, it to, trades in its caps and gowns for blazers and cardigans, they're facing important financial important financial decisions. At 22, even saving for a house might seem like a distant goal. So do you really need to be thinking about something as far away as retirement? And it goes into saying, absolutely, the earlier you start, the better. The ABCs of the 401k, first of all, understand what it is and why it's important. The 401k is a savings vehicle for, for retirement. Uh, you can put in $18,500 a year couple different kinds of traditional 401k and a Roth 401k with different tax implications. And the tax, the traditional one says that it does, it's not in, included in your paycheck. It's pre-tax. It doesn't go into your paycheck. But there it grows tax deferred. You pay it sometime in the future. Roth IRA, you pay the taxes with after-tax money. So you pay the taxes up front, but then everything you have in there grows tax-free. I have a bias. I have a strong bias towards the Roth IRA. Especially when you're starting out in your career, you're in a relatively low tax bracket. 
you know, put as much money as you can into that Roth 401k. Pay the taxes up front. You'll still spend everything else. There'll be still be more money than you were making before. Uh, says you may have to wait. Speaking of that, you know, you have to know about the eligibility rules for uh, enrollment. You may have to wait a year uh, before you, you get in. But a lot of times they do have automatic enrollment, auto enrollment. Uh, some employers will take guesswork out of it by signing you up automatically. When companies deploy a feature called auto-enrollment, they withdraw 401k contributions from your paychecks as soon as you meet the eligibility requirements. And then some employers also do, so if they start with 4% as an example, they'll automatically increase it every year by half a percent. So you'll have uh, uh, increases in a percentage that you put in as well, and that's good too. Do you, the, the traditional 401k, you're obviously paying the taxes when you start taking your money out, Jeff. Correct. Do you ever get people that are surprised and they kind of forgot about that? Well, that's what we were talking about before is the reason to keep life insurance because mm-hmm. you know somebody's going to have to pay taxes. Either you when you take the money out during your lifetime or your heirs when they take the money out. Somebody's going to have to pay the taxes on that. Yeah. Are they surprised? Not our clients because we try to keep make them aware of it. We talk about the different tax practices. Some are tax-free, some are tax-deferred, some are capital gains. You know, there are, there are a lot of different tax brackets, but we always talk about net income. So it's after taxes. So, you know, we try to, and Christine, I'm sure you do too in your office where we look at net spendable income. So if somebody needs 5000 or $10,000 a month, say you need $10,000 a month net spendable after taxes, that's what we go for. So regardless of where we take the money from, whether it's a Roth IRA, it's tax-free, or a traditional IRA or 401k, it's taxable. All you care about is how much money you have to spend. It, that's exactly right. Yeah, you talk about the net thing. My daughter just has a summer job at, at Wayne's Drive. It's amazing when they look at their tax check. More people should look at their tax stubs, I, their paycheck stubs. It was one of these. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> look at what I look at my gross and look at what they took out and what I'm really. I said, Sydney, that's tax. That's taxes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. withholding. And then I had that whole speech. We started talking about taxes and everything, and it kind of started clicking. You know, it's it's amazing when you look at it. She, so she didn't tune you out right away? No, she didn't tune you out. Actually, <laughs> wow. she had some really good questions. Wow, that's pretty good, too. The end result was this really sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, indeed it does. You have to pay. There have to be a certain degree amount of tax you have to pay for for general services and all that, of course. Well, of course. You need we police that, and but... fire and road and all that in public schools. But at some point, right enough is enough. But even your young daughter is probably cap- better capable. Sh- this turns a little bit. Pl- turns more capable of spending her money wisely than the government in most cases. Absolutely, so I'd rather have more in my pocket, more in your daughter's pocket than yep. than giving more to the government. That, that's a great point, Jeff. Uh, hey, break time, real quickly. Uh, after the break, it's the sexy segment. We're going to get into wealth uh, management and preservation. Uh, joining us from, can I say from Middleton, Christine? Yes. Uh, the Middleton office, Middleton anyway. Office, yes. um, so thank you for coming off for the show today. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Middleton, obviously, right by Madison. There is an office for the Koal Investment Group in Middleton, in Waukesha, in Port Washington, in Phoenix, Arizona. You can call. We haven't given out your phone number yet today. Let's do that, Jeff, to reach those world headquarters in Waukesha. <laughs> what is your phone number? 262 522 4040 or 877-560-4040. Of course, the has more information. Some calls are trickling in here. We're going to get to some of your questions coming up too. So stay tuned on WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. The Retirement Clinic will be right back. 
We are back. WISN Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. The Retirement Clinic continues. Christine Hayward joins us from the Middleton office. And, of course, your host is Jeff Kowal. Let's take a call or two. Then we're going to get to the sexy segment in just Sounds a good. minute. West Dallas. We go to Chuck. Hey, Chuck, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Chuck. With the uh, great economy with uh, Leah Bookmere, Scott Walker, and Trump economy, my portfolio has been going up, and I don't. I just see one part of my por- portfolio. But what percentage should we look at before reinvesting that uh, great positive move upward? I'm not sure what you mean by what percentage. Well, my, by the way, you're pretty. I like what you say, Leah Vukmir, and you, you include Nicholson because Vukmir is the one that has had been responsible for a lot of that too. So, yeah, yeah, she. My my portfolio, a part of it, uh, small as it is, has been going up uh, astronomically in my Good. my estimation. So, what do you mean by reinvesting? How old are well, you? Should we should we take that uh, portion that went up recently and look at possibly reinvesting that, or should we just? Well, if it went up, it's already invested. And I guess what you're saying is that you peel off those gains now and put that in savings, or do you continue to leave it in there and let it ride? Yes, that's that's my question, I guess. And I think that, you know, I'm still positive. You know, the the overseas markets have not done particularly well. But as soon as we get through some of these tariff things, and we're we're already seeing some of that. Um, I think that the overseas markets are going to do pretty well. U.S. markets have done very well. Um, And with lower taxes, less regulation, um, I think it's going to continue to do well for a while. So, you know, you have to be mindful of your asset allocation. You have to be mindful of your risk tolerance and how much volatility. And if you you have a question like that, uh, Chuck, it may be time for you to peel off some of the gains just because you asked a question. Uh, okay. So it might not be a bad idea for you to take off some of those games, but long term, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the, re- the direction of the markets. Well, thank you very much. It answers my question. All right. Thanks for the call, Chuck. Yeah, you bet. Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate the question. All right. It is time for the sexy segment right now on the Retirement Clinic. And by way of background, Jeff, explain why you do this every week. Okay. This show is for everybody. Earlier, we talked about when you're just getting out of college, what do you do? And we talked about, you know, uh, when you're done paying for college, what do you do? This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. So we call it the wealth management and preservation segment. So once you've accumulated some wealth, a million dollars or more is a nice, nice round number. How do you, what are types of things you can do to preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? A lot of times people don't think they have a million dollars. They think that's way out of reach. But if you figure, if you have a $500,000 home, and then if you have $500,000 in your retirement plan, you're already at a million dollars. If you have a million dollar life insurance policy, you're $2 million. If you have other investments, a second home, you may be at $3 million. If you own your own business, get an inheritance, you may be at $5 million, $10 million, $20 million or more. That's why this segment is for you. And this is a Kiplinger's Retirement Report. It's called passing an IRA to your heirs. IRA assets are different, and that's why you know this caught my attention because it's not like passing anything else on to your heirs, a, a boat or we thought we were talking about yacht rock. <laughs> it's not there's a there's a serious XM station called Yacht Rock, which music, I'm going to check out when I get home. Today. Music you play on your yacht, so it's yeah. not like passing your yacht on or your home on. Uh, IRAs are different, so this is. Uh, It's passing an IRA to your heirs. How to best leave IRA assets to your heirs has long been a popular topic. Um, 
a couple of things. First of all, can an IRA owner name a specific person as the primary beneficiary, but name his estate as a secondary beneficiary? The answer is that's possible, but any heirs who might receive the IRA money through the estate will lose the opportunity to stretch it. So that's what you have to, you know, by by naming the estate, there might be some restrictions. There have to be what's called flow-through provisions in it. So it gets pretty complicated. It's the easiest, cleanest, that if you know a beneficiary that you want to get your money, name them. Name them as a contingent beneficiary. So have your spouse as the primary, have others as the contingent. That's usually the easiest, cleanest way to do it. There are always exceptions to that. And, Christy, I'm sure you can think of some. One might be as if they're, you know, somebody might be a spendthrift and you know as soon as they get the money, it's going to be gone. Well, you might want to have an IRA beneficiary trust. You might want to be able to do some things to put some restrictions on it. But for the most part, I would think you'd want to name somebody as a beneficiary, name individuals so you can stretch out the account over the life expectancy. Let's see what else we have here. I've considered naming a trust as an IRA beneficiary, but in that case, can the IRA distribution still be stretched? This is what I mentioned. It depends on the type of trust. Again, an IRA beneficiary trust or a see-through trust, those are the best ones. Here's another one. If I want my children to inherit my IRA after my wife, how do I fill out the beneficiary form? Easy enough. It really is easy enough, but you have to watch it, just like with your kids that, that become adults. A spouse who inherits the IRA controls what happens to the money next because she will either take the inherited IRA as her own account or remain the beneficiary. Either way, her chosen beneficiaries are next in life for the money. So say both spouses wish for the IRA to pass to the kids. Each spouse named as a primary, named the, con- the kids as a contingent, and it goes like that. Here, here's where the problem comes in. Let's say the surviving spouse remarries. And then the. Which happens all the which time. Which happens. And you want to change your beneficiaries. You have to name that surviving spouse as the beneficiary of the state of Wisconsin because you have, you know, you have to name that spouse. You well, can't change. So you better make sure that your beneficiaries if, are right. Okay, let's take it one step further. Maybe they move on to their third marriage, Jeff, or fourth, right? right. Every time. This has to be done, I would assume, correct? Right. So you have to be it's careful who you name and how you name them. Yes, and, and if it's the wife inherits or husband inherits it and, and they remarry, that's where the complication comes in. And that's where there's a need for things like an IRA beneficiary trust to, to preserve those assets for your kids. And so you're not giving away your IRA's assets to the kids of your wife's next husband. <laughs> that's the way it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, here's another one. Uh if the uh, if the owner dies before taking his required minimum distribution, does the distribution have to be taken? If so, what's the deadline? That I think is pretty interesting. So, what if um, if somebody dies and he says, "Boy, do I have a reprieve because I didn't take they didn't take the RMD." RMD is required minimum distribution um, uh, after uh, 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 age seventy and a half. And the the answer is if the owner died on or, bef- on or after the required beginning date. The RMD needs to be taken by the end of the year in which the owner died. And we see this uh, all the time where, where somebody dies. And yes, you don't get around having to take it. You still have to take it. Wait, before the end of the year of the death of the... Right. right? Okay. So, so you have to take it out. You still have yeah. to take the RMD. It's still a required minimum distribution because it's based on December 31st of the prior year. So you have to take it in that year. If you're required to take it, you have to take it. And you may think some of this sounds complicated, Jeff. Some of it can get complicated. It is. It's, yeah. That's what. And it's, that's why it's a key. It's, it, Christine and I work, in, and everybody on our team, we work 
brokenness every day. And it can get pretty complicated. And it makes sense, especially if you have larger amounts of money. You don't want to take it to chance. You don't want to put it to some uh, company that does it once in a while. We are the ones that do it all the time at Coal Investment. Uh, and again, where does that money go? You don't want to go into the person that's, you know. Yeah, you don't want oops. I don't want him to get it. You don't want an oops when you have a million, two million $3 million right. account, you know, or even if you have a $300,000 account, you don't want a mistake with that. The com for more information. We'll be right back after the break. We think we have time to sneak in some quick questions. So we'll do that with Christine Hayward from the Middleton office. Jeff Kowal is your host from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist here in WISN and WIBA. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah, more America? This is a Yacht Rocker. What's it called? Yacht Rock. <laughs> I like When you're this sitting stuff. on your uh, yacht in the, in the New Colony Six, was a friend of mine, Dave. He wanted to hear that. So That's good but, stuff. Yacht Rock, yes. 70s adult contemporary. We were just talking about Gordon Lightfoot stuff. I've got a weird taste in music, and some of that stuff is really good. Uh, you took the name away, Spencer. No, I, I don't know who I'm going to. Somebody in Madison. <laughs> I don't even know your name because the- Jim, like, I think. Was it Jim? Jim. How you doing, Jim? Hi, Jeff. I have a question about a prime fund. Okay. Um, when I retired from the county, they converted my sick leave into cash and sitting in a fund um, at the county. Every year, they transfer a certain percentage of that money into a Pellion account, which can, I'm told can only go towards uh, premiums or uh, co-pays for health insurance. Okay. The problem with the Pellion account is that it only has a money market, and up until recently, it was making nothing. Is it true that I asked if I could transfer it to like a self hate self or a health savings plan, which I could you know yep. invest in some mutual funds? But they said it cannot be. Is that is that correct? That's probably correct. But then I, get, I would just look at what your purpose is with that, and and I guess I would be upset, but don't get too worked up about it. Maybe um, you know do your other good investing elsewhere. A key with this is that a lot of times they will put restrictions on those types of accounts. Those accounts are used to pay for your health insurance in retirement. Um, and so a lot of times they will put restrictions there. You know, it's sick leave, sick leave that's converted to a cash account. Um, I wouldn't be too upset with that. And I would do all your good investing somewhere else. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. They, you know, they pay, you know, the, the prime account or whatever, you know, probably pays are about one and a half or 2%. It's not great. Uh, but they want it there to make sure that, that money's going to be there to pay for the, the, uh, the health insurance. Well, it's going up a little bit now with interest rates going up. Yeah. My first yep. couple of years, I was actually, uh, uh, they were charging more than what I was making in interest. Yep, yep. You were losing money with that. That's a good deal, right. huh? Yeah. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Well, hey. good. Thanks for your call, Jim. I hope it helped. All right. All right, thanks. Uh, thank you, Jim, so much for the phone call. He was from Madison and Christine. That gives us a good chance to talk about your office, which is located in Middleton. In Middleton, yes, off of Frank Lloyd Wright Avenue. And how do we reach out to, you know, you're in Middleton. We've got the Phoenix. We talked about Port Washington location. Jeff, you're in Waukesha. We can call the same phone number for all locations. Yep. All right. we'll, we'll arrange your meeting with Christine. It's 877-560-4040 or 262 or else easier is to go online at thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com, and you can request uh, an initial consultation. And if you're close to or already in retirement, if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, serious about your planning, if you have a million dollars, $2 million, $3 million or more, you know, we, we'd like to help people who 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 
are serious about their play. We care deeply about your success in retirement. That's the Kowal way. It's putting your interests first. Um, if you're leaving your job and you, you don't have an advisor, if your advisor is retiring or you're getting bounced from one advisor to another, or you just want somebody who know you know uh, works uh, exclusively in retirement planning, Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Go online at thekowalway.com and request an initial consultation. You mentioned those market updates. Business reports are done on WIBA and ISN every day of the week, Monday through Friday. 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block in Milwaukee, right in the middle of the Mark Belling late afternoon show. Uh, and then at 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. Tune in for that. It's a good update, and you can uh, keep in, in touch with the Kowal Investment Group through that. Christine Hayward, we thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on out. And Jeff Cowell, we'll see you next Saturday. Sounds great, Paul. The Retirement Clinic is on each weekend on WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. Thanks for tuning in.